if I lecture to you for 50 minutes, you're going to listen to me for four of those minutes, and the rest of the time you're going to zone out. So they're actually not getting the information that way. So we have to be innovative, and we have to do things differently if we're really going to help our learners to thrive and to really get out there and be able to not just have random facts of information, but actually know how to use it. Is a four-year vet tech degree the future? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Veterinary Business Success Show, a part of the VetX Leaders Community Online. In each episode, we explore ideas and subjects you can use to manage your veterinary practice better and be a better leader. I'm your resident asker of questions, Brendan Howard, and today, the veterinarian helping guide a brand new team of educators at Appalachian State University is Dr. Virginia Corrigan. She was hired to start a new four-year veterinary technology program. With most of the hands-on work done in practices across the country and classes completed online, the new program's first-year students are diligently studying as we speak, and she's even hunting a practice management whiz to join the teaching team. So, why her, why now, and what is it like building this program, and what's it look like? She reveals all. My name is Virginia Corrigan. I am a veterinarian, and currently my role is as the program director for veterinary technology at Appalachian State University. The quick and dirty rundown of my career path and how I got here (laughs) is I graduated from veterinary school at the University of Tennessee in 2010. I went out into the world. I did an internship in private practice, and then I was in a general practice and emergency veterinary clinic for a couple of years. And then I found my true calling to go back into education after that. And I was at the Virginia Maryland College of Veterinary Medicine for almost nine years. I did a residency there and found that I just loved teaching and academia so much that they fortunately invited me to stay a little bit longer. And so I taught there for most of my career. And I had the honor of teaching veterinary students in the teaching hospital, as well as throughout their curriculum in various areas of vet med. And then um, about a year ago, I uh, had my shoulder tapped and was asked to start a new program at Appalachian State University. And it's a four-year online bachelor's degree in veterinary technology. So I have been with App State since about a year, September of 2021. Okay. And when does the program's first crop of students, when did they come in? When did they start? When are they going to start? They are here. So our (laughs) first class of students is, are currently enrolled. They are taking classes as we speak. We have 109 students in our first class and they are very excited and we're extremely pleased to have them with us. Okay, so you said 109. Was there a vision heading in where there was a number you were trying to hit, or they very much like, let's just see what happens? I think that the goal was were 75 students. So we we're, <laughs> we're very pleased that we overreached, and we knew that you know the need, of course, in the industry is tremendous when it comes to educating our future generations of veterinary technicians. And interestingly, the interest is also quite high for students who have their associate's degree in veterinary technology, and they would like to move forward in their career path and their growth opportunities. So we have 
a small cohort of our students who actually are already credentialed technicians. And they are coming back to us after some just a few years in the field and some more like 20 years in the field to come back and finish their bachelor's degree so that they can take the next step for their journey. So we're really excited about that. Okay, I am curious about that because this will give you a chance. I mean, hey, you just sell the curriculum. You just sort of worked with people to build this curriculum kind of from the ground up and it's the first group going in. What is the differentiating factor you see that the real difference between the people who got the associates and went out to practice and the people who are going to take four years? What kinds of things do the four-year graduates get that the two-year graduates are expected to learn in the field or they just never really cover? I think that's an excellent question. And that is something that I have learned a lot about in this okay. new role. <laughs> So all veterinary technology programs must go through the accreditation process through the American Veterinary Medical Association. And as it stands right now, there is not a different accreditation process for an associate's degree and a bachelor's degree. And there are some suggestions about how you should structure your curriculum for a full four-year degree, but no real specifics. So it's actually a beautiful thing. So in our program, the first three years are going to cover all of the core curriculum that is required by the AVMA. So everything that's going to be on the Veterinary Technician National Exam or the VTNE and all the core competencies that they need as far as your essential skills training, that will all be covered in the first three years, which would be equivalent to all of the course material that would be covered in an associate's degree. And then the fourth year of the program is really where we had a lot of fun and we got to use our creative license We took the suggestions and the data that was out there in terms of what we could do to really complete a full bachelor's degree in veterinary technology. And what we did with that is we created three concentration areas of three tracks that our students can choose from. And one is companion animal clinical, and that is based on the different VTS specialties that veterinary technicians can specialize in different areas like dentistry and behavior and nutrition. So we have courses in all of those specific areas. We're aiming to have uh, VTS specialties actually teach those courses, which will be very exciting. And then the second track is practice management. So that's really geared towards our students who are very interested in business, running a practice, becoming a practice manager, ideally going forth and uh, obtaining their certified veterinary practice management or uh, CVPM. So we're really gearing it towards that certification. And then the third track is a One Health concentration, which is very exciting to me as I have an MPH and I'm very passionate about One Health and the intersection between human, animal, and environmental health. So this track is really geared towards students who have an interest in areas like public practice, government, laboratory animal, public health, or even areas like large animal, equine, exotics. So there's a lot in that One Health track, and it's really kind of looking outside of a traditional clinical career and other opportunities that are out there as well. I feel like you pulled me in two directions because you started out talking about these first three years, we cover all the core stuff that's covered, required to be covered in a two-year thing. So I'm like, wait a second, two-year, more efficient, crunch those things together. It's harder, but you can get it done in two years instead of three years. But then you sold me on this fourth year because one of the things everybody in the profession has been talking about, especially veterinary technicians, 
who are highly skilled and want to move up, whatever that next stage is, that fourth year sounds like it's a perfect opening to, do you want to go into management administration? Do you want to go into any one of these VTS programs down the road? And then you could get that extra specialty work. Or as you said, public health, you want to work for the government. So it seems like you're, that fourth year is for widening the perception of the people who are in the programs like, oh, here's all the things I could do after I do this fourth year. So now I'm fascinated. The first three years, oh, that sounds like you have lots of extra, you have extra time to cover what gets jammed in two years. But then that fourth year sounds, ooh, that's special. And the other reason why it takes three years to do it two years is as a bachelor's program, of course, our students also have requirements for their general education. That's true, yes. So they're also <laughs> going to be, you know, filling out those requirements. You know, and we actually have um, really great connections on campus with coursework from other departments, things that have to do with the human-animal bond, kind of looking at it from different lenses, you know, from English and writing to geology to, like, climate change and public health and, you know, how all of these different professions and career paths and interest areas all truly intersect. So I think it's a really great opportunity for our students to have a broader perspective Mm-hmm. and more kind of a broader knowledge base. Again, that's you know the benefit of having a four-year degree is that you have kind of these different, you know, broader educational background from which you can go forth and enter the workforce and, and your chosen career path. And then it leaves you lots of options to change course over the, the journey of your career. Yes, and that fourth year, we're so excited about that. That was really fun to put together. And we have ideas for how to expand that even further. And we really want to get that input from the industry and what's really going to be valuable. What is the knowledge? What are the skills that our students really need to be able to thrive in this profession? And along those lines, what I'd like to highlight is, you know, it's not just technical skills that our students are going to be working on. Of course, those are incredibly important. We consider foundational non-clinical skills to be as or more important than all of the technical skills training that they need to do. So things like leadership, communication, an emphasis on well-being. How do we truly care for ourselves and have all of the tools that we need in our toolkit to care for ourselves in such an incredibly demanding caregiving profession. So we're really putting an emphasis on that training from the very start of the program. It won't just be a lecture. It won't just be a course. It's infused throughout the whole curriculum. What are the significant differences between someone going to a two-year, four-year program somewhere else in person versus how are you going to balance the virtual and the on-site work? How is that going to work out over these four years? Yeah, it's a great question. So it's not going to be a one-size-fits-all program. We have quite a few students in our program right now who are currently working in a veterinary clinic or a veterinary uh, healthcare setting. And those students might be studying full-time, they might be studying part-time. And I think what's really beautiful about that approach is that they can take the, the knowledge that they're gaining in the online classroom and bring it directly right back to their work in the clinic. Some are working as veterinary assistants, some are working as client service representatives or in the kennel, different areas of the hospital. So they're actually able to kind of see, you know, maybe even the next day, oh, I learned about the American Veterinary Medical Association today and how that organization is involved with the accreditation process for my program and so many different areas of vet med. And, you know, wow, let's talk about that. And then let's bring that back to class. So that's a really beautiful thing. 
the other way that students are doing our program is to take their clinical hours in the summer. So that is an option for them as well. If they choose to study full-time and really devote their fall and spring semesters to their courses, then they can do their clinical hours just in the summer, and we're setting it up for that as well. Well, would those people be somewhere far away at some other practice getting the hours in, or are they sort of practices that are near your campus? It can be any and all of the above there. We do have many students who are living here in Boone, North Carolina, which is where Appalachian State University is. Beautiful part of the country. If you haven't been here, uh, it's just, it's right What's in the What's it nearest? Mountain, so. Situated. What is it nearest? If somebody's like, where would I fly into nearest Boone? Probably the easiest place to fly into is Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. So it's about two hours uh, north and west of Charlotte. So to answer your question more fully, they can be anywhere. Our students, since our program is online, they could be studying from, you know, all over the state. We even have students from other states studying with us. So because it's online, it really makes it accessible. Is everything so synchronous versus asynchronous? Do all the classes they take online have to be synchronous? They have to be in the class at a set time? Or is there anything they can read, watch, and then communicate on message boards, the kind of way it gets handled in some other virtual classrooms around the world? Sure. We're actually, we are trying something very different when it comes to our teaching strategy, and I'm really excited to talk about it. So we are using team-based learning. And if you haven't heard of team-based learning, it is a kind of a teaching pedagogy that involves, it's very interactive. And the students are active participants in the learning process. And so you can think of it kind of like a flipped classroom. So instead of coming to class and having a lecture, you know, where you're very passively, you know, engaging in the material, we are actually engaging. The students are put in teams at the beginning of the semester, Mm -hmm. five to seven students, and they will work with their team throughout the whole semester to do different application activities to really solidify the material that they're learning. So what that looks like is they do a lot of the material asynchronously on their own time. They're going to be reading, watching videos, maybe listening to podcasts, you know, taking in the material that we want them to to learn. And then they come to class, so they do have some synchronous time. But during that time, instead of just listening to the instructor, they're actually working with their team and they're doing case studies. They're answering questions they're doing different activities. So we're really having them apply that material from the very beginning. Um, We'd like to make it very practical, very case-based, you know, very much, this is what you might be doing out in the real world. And we'd like for you to, you know, go ahead and start practicing it now in the, in this safe environment. And then they can, you know, really debrief and communicate that with their team. So we're really excited to work with this kind of different way of doing things because we really want it to be engaging and interactive. So you might not have had to wrestle with this. I don't know a lot about what a regular two-year, four-year degree is for a veterinary technician. I've spent many years talking to veterinary technicians, but never a lot about their school. So I'm curious, what I do hear from a lot of veterinarians is that what you're talking about, that team-based learning, that more collaborative, using the stuff right now, seems to be getting more traction. And so I think it's great that you're jumping right into it and doing it. And the complaint is always the old style of, we have so much information we need to cram into your brain that we need a lecturer simply to stand there and lecture to you because this stuff has to get into your brain. You'll figure out how to use it later, but we have so much information to stuff in there. 
Did you feel that pressure at all with a veterinary technology program, the way I think a lot of established universities for veterinarians feel that pressure to? We don't quite know how we're going to switch to this activities-based, more collaborative, teams-based stuff, because we have so much stuff to get through. So what were the pressure points for you developing? I think that is such an excellent question, and it was a challenge for me to think about it that way, because I've come from a very traditional environment where, you know, this is the material and you have to cover it. And I think what we're learning is it actually, it's not that effective, unfortunately, you know, and our learners, our adult learners really need some different strategies to try to help them because, you know, now we are in an age of information overload. You know, there's CE conferences everywhere. There's books, there's podcasts, there's internet, there's social media. I mean, information is everywhere. So really, you know, what we're trying to achieve, if we think about what is the end goal, we begin with the end in mind, we want learners who, you know, know how to think critically, know how to find good information, are able to communicate what they know to communicate what they don't know, to be able to work through problems and solve them. And that's the beauty of team based learning, it is actually very much based on the skills that you need to thrive in the workplace because there's no such thing as I'm working in a vet clinic all by myself today and I shall not have any help. You could try to do that, but it will not go well for you. So veterinary medicine is a team sport. We'd like to get you starting to work on as a team from the beginning because, you know, veterinary technicians are essential to the team. As a veterinarian, I cannot function without my technicians and I need to know how to work with them as a team They are their own team. And then, of course, we have our veterinary assistants, our practice managers, you know, all of the people that really help the practice function. So thinking of it from that clinical standpoint is absolutely relevant to the workplace. It is a shift. It is a paradigm shift. And for me, it is a journey as well. And I'm getting used to it because, you know, I think, oh, gosh, if I don't tell them all these things, they're not going to know it. Well, guess what? If I lecture to you for 50 minutes, you're going to listen to me for four of those minutes. And the rest of the time, you're going to zone out. So they're actually not getting the information that way. So we have to be innovative and we have to do things differently if we're really going to help our learners to thrive and to really get out there and be able to not just have random facts of information, but actually know how to use it. Today's show is brought to you by Vetex International. Now, are people the major pain point in your practice? If so, you're not alone. Over 90% of managers report staff problems to be their number one issue. At the root of this problem are usually three dysfunctions. A poorly articulated vision, toxic culture, or some form of leadership breakdown. If this sounds familiar, then do not despair. Help is at hand. I encourage you to check out Leaders, a veterinary-specific leadership training program where you will learn how to create and execute on a shared vision, how to hire well, and build a powerful, high-performance practice culture without all the drama. The class is accredited, delivered online, and open for applications now. To learn more, listen to a free training webinar, or apply, visit vetexinternational.com forward slash leaders. Okay, welcome back to the show. I hope you enjoyed part one. Let's get into some more meaty content to help you grow your practice in part two. 
So along the lines of trying to maximize the learning, obviously a major part of the veterinary technology courses are hands-on stuff. So there's a lot of medicine you can learn, a lot of collaborating and learning you can all do together, and you can look at hypothetical cases, but then the handling the animals, the doing the procedures you're allowed under your practice act to do, how does that fit in during the four years? How often do they get to get their hands into the situation? They will be getting their hands on animals from the very start. Okay. In our very first course, they actually have 40 hours of observation that's required. So from the very beginning, we want them to be in a veterinary healthcare setting to actually see what is the life of a veterinary technician? How does a veterinary healthcare team work together? What does this look like? So we're going to get them started at a very basic level right from the start. Then the AVMA requirements for veterinary technology programs state that they must have at least 240 hours of this um, on-site clinical hands-on training. And we hope that they will get much, much more throughout the four years. So again, and as, as early as that first summer, if they're going, you know, from the beginning and they're not currently working in practice, you know, they will start to do their clinical hands-on skills training. Or they could be working in practice and doing what they're allowed to do based on their practice act, you know, the particular clinic, what their role is, et cetera. So, but they do have to have those essential skills that will be monitored, evaluated, and tracked throughout the program. Then they have to complete all of those skills before they can graduate from the program. Do you feel like you mentioned it's not necessarily a one-size-fits-all program? So I'm imagining when you talked about that, that sounds perfect for somebody who hasn't been in practice. So like, you're going to go in, you're going to have your first experience. What is the life of a veterinary technician? And of course, some of the people coming into the program have probably either, so you said some could have been already certified as a licensed veterinary technician out of an associate's program, or maybe they're a veterinary, the possibility of veterinary assistants who's been doing it 15, 20 years and just never got their degree. And now they're like, I want to do it for real, but they've been out there a long time. So how does, if there's fresh newbies straight out of high school or straight out of their first couple of years of working, and then people have been out in the profession for a while, how do their tracks differ? Or do they differ significantly in those first few years? Sure. Yes, the answer is yes. So okay. the way I think of it is actually we're we're kind of running two programs at the same time oh, um, because okay. those two, which is fun, it's a challenge. And so as an optimist, I see challenges as opportunities. So it's an opportunity. <laughs> so we have two tracks, kind of two cohorts of students, if you will. So for students coming in who have various levels of experience in a veterinary clinic setting, some none at all and some a lot, but no, you know, particular education, you know, specific education in veterinary technology, you know, they're going to come in from, you know, the introductory courses and see us all the way through. The amount of general education courses that they have to take will depend on what they're bringing in as far as their transfer credits. That will take them probably four years to complete that start to finish, unless they have a lot of transfer credits, and then they might be able to finish in three. Then our second cohort, um, our students coming in who have their associate's degree in veterinary technology, they're probably going to finish the program in two years. Uh, many of them have to finish some general education courses, and then they're really going to go straight into that upper level of the program. So those concentration areas that we talked about earlier. So a lot of this sounds like very new, innovative, fun, exciting, not one size fits all stuff. So the professors and the people you've got working. So it sounds like you have people who are at the university already who are helping craft material in those GE courses that'll match up with what these veterinary technicians want 
in their education now and in the future. And the new educators coming in who were brand new to the college, are all of them all on board with the digital stuff? Or has there been, no, it's taken some time to craft this so that everybody gets the vision for this. Is this vision significantly different than other things at the college? Or is this college already doing a lot of digital stuff? They were already doing a lot of these innovative things. App State already has quite a few courses and programs that are delivered online. I think that we are the very first fully online four-year bachelor's program Ooh. at App State. And then we I know for a fact that we are the first fully online four-year veterinary technology program. So there are other programs in the country that do online and distance education. Most are associate's degrees. And then there are several that have a bachelor's completion program, which is where, you know, again, taking in students who already have their associate's degree and having them complete their bachelor's. So we're the first one that's going to take them start to finish in an online environment. When the group came together and started crafting this, did everybody kind of kind of narrow down to this is the vision? Because if they've taught veterinary technicians other places, they may not have done it this way or not quite this. And so I don't know, I'm just wondering what the adjustment was like for the people who are coming on for this first year, how this program does it feel really different from the things they were doing before? Or is it like, oh no, they were doing all this stuff before. And are you asking specifically for the students or the faculty or? I think I'm probably asking for the faculty. Like what was it like for the faculty? What's the adjustment like? Sure. I think the faculty that we've hired um, are phenomenal. They're wonderful. They have a vast amount of experience in the veterinary field as well as in veterinary education. You know, I think what we're seeing is there is a various amount of comfort level with online education. I think we all during COVID had to do it in one form or fashion. If we're involved in education, it could have been very, you know, rudimentary or some, you know, we're kind of really diving in and, and, or had already had a ton of experience. Fortunately, I would say that there's a ton of support and resources available here at the university for that transition, wherever our new faculty are finding themselves along that spectrum, myself included. (laughs) I came in with, the very rudimentary knowledge, I would put myself in that category. You know, I was the one making all the mistakes and doing, you know, my lectures online to the students over Zoom. And, you know, now I know that there are much better ways of doing things. So I'm not telling you that I'm an expert. I'm sitting, you know, right next to my faculty. And, you know, we are learning this together. But we've been given a ton of resources and support to really make sure that We understand what those best practices are. We understand what are all the tools available to us. We have our very own instructional designer who helps us to craft all of our courses. So I feel like we're very well supported when it comes to online education. For the people out there who are very used to a two-year program for their veterinary technicians and are having trouble finding enough veterinary technicians who can even get through the two years. So they're scraping their local areas. And now they're like, you're setting up a four year, like it's longer. So I just want you to pitch. I'm fascinated by it. But so if anybody's like, we need these people today, we need these men and women today. If they're like four years, what is the benefit of the four years? How do you sell it to people who are already out there in practice and desperately need these vet techs right now? What a great question. And my answer to that would be hire a really motivated and intelligent and passionate veterinary assistant and invest in them. Invest in them to attend my program or another online program and help them with their tuition dollars. Help them to make sure they have the time 
and the space and the resources so that they can study, so that they can understand not just all of the technical aspects and the hands-on, you know, day-to-day aspects of the job, but the why behind it. Help invest in their growth and their education. So I think that that's the way that it's going to go because, you know, it's not always accessible to go to, to move to where a veterinary technology lo- uh, school might be located. And I get this question all the time. It's a really great question. And it's, it's really challenging right now to recruit and I will say retain, you know, talented, credentialed veterinary technicians. They want to be invested in. They want to have, you know, to grow with their practice and to know that there's always going to be opportunity for them to, you know, to really tailor their career to their particular interests. So I would say think earlier, think about your high school students coming in who really love working for you. Think about, you know, your veterinary assistants and think about growing them, you know, grow them with your practice and invest in them. You know, there's always opportunities too to reach out to your local, if you have a veterinary technology program in your area, start to develop those relationships. Become a clinical affiliate site for your vet tech program. Become a clinical affiliate site for our program. Have our students come to you, to your clinic, and do their externships and show them how amazing your clinic is and say, would you like to come back next summer? We will hire you to come back next summer. And then when they graduate, they are credentialed and they have all of the skills that they need, not only to be excellent credentialed technicians, but also they can help to lead in your practice. They can help to manage others. You know, they can really help to very much care for the clients and take your practice to the next level because they're going to be educated in all of these different areas and you can really leverage their knowledge to extend the reach of the veterinarian and to help to make your practice more more profitable. We already know that that's true. You know, a, a credentialed technician will significantly increase the revenue for a practice. So invest in them early on and you'll be more likely to retain really talented team members. Okay. So speaking of investing in talent early on, what is the title of your well-being person? So somebody in charge of well-being stuff, who is it and what is his or her title? I'm very excited about this. So her name is Rebecca Newman. She is the well-being coordinator for Appalachian State University's veterinary technology program. She is the very first academic veterinary well-being professional hired in a veterinary technology program in the United States. Nice. I'm very excited. This is something that is growing. We all understand the importance of well-being and uh, mental health and health in all of its forms for our veterinary medical professionals. And unfortunately, veterinary technicians and veterinary technology schools haven't had that same push and emphasis that a lot of the DVM programs have started to hire well-being professionals to help to support the, the students, the faculty, and the staff. And we really saw that need. And so Rebecca, we hired uh, very early on to help us develop our well-being programs, initiatives, curriculum, and to really be there. Her whole job is to help support well-being, not just for the students, also the faculty and the staff. And how do we, you know, how do we again put this, put well-being front and center and infuse it throughout the program? So it's not just something that we talk about. It's actually something that we do. You know, we live it and we model it. And that trickles down to the, hopefully to the students and then out into the profession. I'm curious about that. How much of her, from your vision or her idea of what she's doing so far, 
how much of it is her setting up curriculum and programs to teach self-care and teach emotional well-being and teach supportive team environments. When you go off, you can be a part of being a good supportive team and helping people around you. And how much of it is literally trying to keep her finger on the pulse of the students at any moment or the professors and trying to find ways to help people in the program right then. So how much is a counselor and how much is a teacher? Like what's the balance? Is it perfectly balanced? Is there one more than the other? The beautiful thing is that she wears both hats. So Rebecca okay. happens to be her background. She has a master's in clinical psychology. And so she has worked on the counseling side and the individual you know, side of well-being. And she also happens to be a credentialed veterinary technician. And she has worked in veterinary technology education and, um, and you know, mostly in a, and a lot of her work was really in student support. But she understands the demands of being a veterinary technician. She understands the moral distress and the ethical challenges that happen on a daily basis in veterinary medicine. So she beautifully wears both of those hats. So she's, she has a role of working on an individual basis with each and every one of our students, our faculty and our staff. She also has more of a broad view in the program where she's, you know, she's developing curriculum, she's developing programs, resources, support, networking out into the community to work with organizations like MentorVet and mm -hmm. uh, Possibilities, VetMed and other organizations to really link our students with, out, with mentorship in the profession and then also providing some peer mentorship training and support within the program individual coaching, you know, kind of meeting the students where they are, finding what they need, you know, because that's going to vary from each individual, um, where they are in their lives, where they are in their careers. And so it's not a one size, that is also not a one size fits all approach. So she will be monitoring actively the well-being of every person. And that is incredibly important to me. And that was what, you know, she and I really align about is well-being has to be proactive. You know, we cannot just sit by and wait for someone to approach us when things have gotten really bad. No, we have to be able to do our very best to find out when people are struggling and to proactively go in and support them in the best way that we possibly can so that they don't reach that burnout. You know, they don't reach, you know, really serious mental distress. We want to find them sooner and we want to make sure that they know that we're proactively monitoring their well-being so that we can support them in every way that we can. We know that's so incredibly important, you know, for students, you know, and then out in the profession. We want to figure out how do we do that. So you've got the people for clinical education. You've got somebody there working on the well-being. I just want to give you the opportunity. I promise if you had to do this podcast, you're like, could I ask about there's another person missing on the team? And you're like, I'm looking for this person. Tell me who you're looking for. And I have to shout out my team because as it stands right now, I have the very best team in the entire world. And so I am very excited to share as well that our amazing team is looking for more. And um, so as it stands, our team right now is just phenomenal. I'm really fortunate to be surrounded by intelligent, passionate, incredibly capable credentialed veterinary technicians who are really helping me to run this program. And so the next person on our list is going to be a practice management focused position to join our leadership team. And uh, this will be a practice management coordinator position. And the job ad is live. We, it's on um, AVMA's veterinary career site. I'm happy to share it with you to share with your listeners. It's available on the Appalachian State Jobs website. And so what we're looking for is 
a passionate, talented veterinary medical professional who has experience, interest, and uh, the drive to really help us to move forward with that practice management concentration area for the fourth year of the curriculum, as well as the practice management content that happens within the core curriculum. What we're envisioning is we're really excited about this. I mentioned earlier in the podcast that that practice management concentration is really going to be focused on, you know, and helping to gear towards the CVPM certification, which is very, very well recognized in the field and um, highly sought after. And so we're actually um, talking with the the Veterinary Hospital Management Association on working with us to develop these practice management courses so they'll, they'll be very geared specifically towards veterinary practice management. So business skills, management skills, all of those good things, but really what are those needs? What are those skills? What is that knowledge that's really going to put set somebody apart for the veterinary field? Because we know that veterinary technicians are often placed in management roles, you know, running the hospital, So really, we want to set them up for success. And what we'd also like to do is to create that concentration area curriculum into a standalone certificate program. So this person would really be helping to drive all of that forward. They would have to, they would, you know, again, get a bit of a blank slate and get to create this working with our fabulous business program at Appalachian State University as well. And I am excited because obviously you're focused rightly on all the clinical stuff in that beginning level. But I, I always see the notes when people take the CVPM test, all the reading they have to do and all the extra time it takes and all the studying for these things that they don't do in their current job. So they have to go digging for hypotheticals and they got to, it's a big hassle to take this CVPM test and they're so, they feel so good when they pass it. So I'm excited that like you'd be setting people off on that course. Here's the, with the right books at the start and like you could get them that experience in the beginning. That's cool. Right. And of course they have to have, you know, a lot of, practical experience and work in the field. So they wouldn't necessarily be ready to take the test unless unless they're coming in. Our credential technicians who are coming in with experience, they might be ready. And the CVPM does require 18 credit hours of college level business coursework. And so we're really going to work again with the VHMA to build that and design it so that, you know, these could be courses that would be directly applicable towards the CVPM. You want that job? You want to enroll? Visit rri.appstate.edu forward slash vet hyphen tech. That wraps up today's episode of the Veterinary Business Success Show. Did you love it? Leave a review. Tell your friends in vet med about us. We'll be back with brand new content October 26th. And you can always get the extended version of these podcasts exclusively in our leaders community. Learn more at vetxinternational.com. And until next time, just want you to know, I appreciate you, even during a break.